Sziasztok, Janó vagyok. Közép-Európa első világra szóló podcast csatornáját hallgatjátok Magyarországról. Ez a Budapest.fm. Hi, my name is Ray, and you're listening to the number one podcast station in Central Europe, Budapest.fm, podcasting to the world from Hungary. Folks, it's Friday night story time. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, 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 Egeshegedra Mindenkinek. Welcome back to another edition of Thursday Night Storytime. Chutatuk, Esaka, Tutanetidu. Again, today we have some excellent stories lined up for you. We've got to start off with Jason and the Golden Fleece, a legend, a tale from ancient Greece, a story literally as old as time itself, or at least time as it's measured by the Western literary tradition. Next up, we're going to have a chapter from potentially my favorite book of all time, The Sun Also Rises by Ernest Hemingway. The chapter I've chosen this week is just the debaucherous onslaught of the Festival of San Fermin. You may know it as the Pamplona Running of the Bulls Festival. And then finally, I've got some Hungarian poetry selected. We're going to start off with Petufi Sándor, September Vegan, as it is the end of September after all. So we've got some people on Instagram. We've got the people coming in on YouTube. We've got some people in Facebook. As always, feel free to chat me into the chat room. I can see your messages, and I hope that we can get some dialogue going. And if you feel brave enough, you can come on video with me. Ray's just popped up the link, www.budapest.fm slash Willie. We'll be here for the next hour, hour and a half, so feel free to pop in, pop out, shake it all about, and do your thing. And now, without further ado, Jason and the Golden Fleece. This is a tale from ancient Greece. And it's a tale that is just excellent. It's, it's rewritten many, many different times by many authors. Just as last week when we read a story about William Tell, Tell Vilmos, rewritten by my grandmother's friend, Leonard Everett Fisher, 95-year-old artist. He has again rewritten Jason and the Golden Fleece, or he did it like 20 years ago, 30 years ago. But either way, it's coming to you now. And I'm going to read this through, and then I'm going to see who's here, see if anyone's in the chat. Feel free to pop some questions, comments, concerns, especially concerns. And uh, yeah, we'll get some conversation going in between stories. So here we go. Jason and the Golden Fleece. Egeshegedra.
The ancient Greeks believed that gods and goddesses often visited them, disguised as humans or animals. Greek stories are filled with adventures of gods and goddesses, monsters, animals, heroes, and heroines. Here is a tale about a Greek hero, Jason of Iolkos. Jason's father, Aeson, should have been king of Iolkos, but the country had fallen into the hands of Jason's evil cousin. Pelias. When Jason grew up, he went to the palace. You have no right to the throne, he said to his cousin. It belongs to my father. King Pelias was sly. He liked being the king. Quickly, he thought of a plan for getting rid of Jason. Bring me the golden fleece, and your father shall have his kingdom back, Pelias said. It is in faraway Colchis, and it hangs from a tree in a secret grove, guarded by a sleeping dragon. Turning to his chief advisor, the king whispered, Jason will never come back alive. I shall fetch the golden fleece and lay it at your feet, Jason declared. He was ready for a great adventure. Jason ordered Argus, the boat builder, to construct a sturdy ship, the Argo. He then chose 50 of the strongest men of Greece to go with him on the dangerous voyage. They were all sons and grandsons of gods and goddesses. Among them were the twin brothers, Castor and Pollux. Who could, claim, who could calm mountainous waves and soothe terrifying winds. He also chose the mighty Hercules, famous throughout Greece, for his strength. With a hot sun above and a flat sea beneath, the Argonaut set sail for Colchis. Pushed eastward by a stiff breeze and stout oarsmen, the Argo sliced through the Aegean Sea. Soon, the island of Lemnos rose out of the pink dawn. The Argonauts went ashore for fresh water, food, and rest. They discovered that there were no men on the island. The women had rebelled and killed all but Theos, the old king. They had sent him adrift in a small boat. Now lonely, the woman welcomed the Argonauts and gave them water, food, and fresh clothing. As the Argonauts left Lemnos, a water nymph floated with Helos, Hercules' young servant. When Helos reached for the lovely nymph, she pulled him into the water. Down and down she drew him until they reached the watery deep of her home. Hercules jumped into the sea after his servant. Hurry! cried Jason. We have to leave. Not until I find Helos, Hercules yelled. He refused to quit searching. Jason ordered the Argo to sail on, leaving his mighty oarsmen stranded in the Aegean Sea. After several days of hard sailing, the Argonauts landed on another island for a night's rest. 
There they met Phineas, a starving old man who could predict the future. Once, his predictions had angered Zeus, who did not like anyone to see the future but himself. He punished Phineas by sending nasty, foul-smelling harpies to eat his meals. Jason pitied the old man. He ordered two of the Argonauts, sons of the North Wind, Castor and Pollux, to slay the monsters. They stood guard as the shrieking harpies swooped down to devour Phineas's dinner. But before the harpies could act, they ate the old man's meal. Carried by their father, the North Wind, the two Argonauts caught the monsters. They were about to kill them when Zeus appeared, saved his hounds, and ended Phineas's punishment. Old Phineas then feasted as he had never feasted before. He wanted the Argonauts. He warned the Argonauts of many dangers ahead, like the Simplegades, the crashing rocks guarding the entrance to the Black Sea. You will not see them at first, he cautioned. They are hidden in the mist, two huge rocks ready to roll together and crush your ship between them. How shall we sail through them? Jason asked the old man. Send a dove between the rocks, he replied. If the dove makes it through, so will you. But you must be quick. There will be little time. As the Argo and her crew reached the Simplegades, two great rocks loomed out of the mist and closed in on them. Quickly, Jason released the dove. It lost only a few tail feathers as it made it through the rock safely. The Argo's oarsmen rowed their vessel into the narrow passage. The rock smashed shut behind them, nipping a few planks from the ship's stern. The slightly damaged ship lurched into the gently rolling black sea and continued on her way. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are in the middle of a tale. Jason and the Argonauts, they've just made it through the Simplegades, heeding the warning of Phineas. And they're on their way to Colchis, which, if you are not aware, Colchis is on the Black Sea. And it's the modern-day country of Georgia. And Jason is hunting for the Golden Fleece. He's hunting for the Golden Fleece so he can go back to Iolkos, the island where he's from in Greece, and claim the throne for his father from his evil cousin. And if he can get this fleece, allegedly the evil cousin's going to give back the throne. So here he is with the Greek heroes. He's got Hercules, although they left him back in the dust. A few others, Castor, Pollux, all sort of demigods, semigods, and the like. And they are getting and arriving to Colchis eventually. And now we shall continue the tale. Oh, an excellent ferment. 2017. Kate the and On the other side of the rocks, the air was hot and still. The Argo's sail hung limp. Exhausted, the crew slumped over their oars as the ship drifted eastward. Soon they passed the land of the Amazons. 
Old Phineas had told Jason about this race of warrior goddesses. They are daughters of Ares, the god of war, he had warned. Beware! If you fight them, few of you will survive. Do nothing foolish. The Argonauts pulled on their oars as the huge sail caught a sharp breeze. The Argo quickly slipped past the green hills and sandy beaches as the shouting warrior woman watched them go. Finally, the Argonauts arrived in Colchis, and Jason went to see the king. I have come for the golden fleece, he declared. King Ethes was not about to give up his carefully guarded treasure. He challenged Jason to complete four impossible tasks. You shall have your golden fleece only after you yoke two fire-breathing bulls and plow a field. You must sow the furrows with dragon teeth, from which will sprout an army that you must defeat alone. Medea, the king's daughter, was a sorceress. As soon as she saw Jason, she fell instantly in love with him and would do anything to help him. I will give you a magic lotion that will protect you, she told him, but you must agree to marry me. The love-struck Jason agreed. Jason covered himself with Medea's magic lotion and faced the two snorting bulls. Their flaming nostrils heated the air as they trotted around the field, kicking up a thunderous cloud of dust. They wheel and charged, their flames reaching out and searing Jason's skin. Sidestepping one bull, Jason drove the other to his knees and kept him there. The first bull turned and charged again. Its bronze hooves pounded the hard ground. Jason grabbed him and drove him to his knees as well. With lightning speed, he yoked them both. Next, Jason grooved furrow after furrow, covering the field with straight, shallow trenches. He sowed them with some dragon's teeth that Medea had given him. Within minutes, hundreds of soldiers rose out of the newly sown fields. They headed for Jason. Aha! cried Aethys. Now he's done for. The stone, Medea said to herself. Throw the stone. She had slipped a magic stone to Jason among the dragon's teeth. Toss it in their midst, and you will not be harmed, she had whispered to him earlier. Jason tossed the stone at the oncoming soldiers. They stopped, and they fought each other until none were left alive. Jason had won. He had proven himself with the help of Medea's magic. Medea led Jason to the grove where the dragon guarded the golden fleece. The dragon roared, belching smoke and cinders as they approached. Medea cast a spell over the monster, putting it to sleep. Jason seized the fleece and raced with Medea to the beach where the Argo and her crew were waiting. They boarded the ship and set sail for Greece. King Aetes was enraged. He sent Medea's brother, Absyrtus, after the ship. But Absyrtus and his crew were no match for the Argo. They perished at sea. The Argo cut across the Black Sea and again escaped the crashing rocks of the Simplegares. Once past Lemnos, she ran into violent storms that drove her south 
to the coast of Crete. There, as the Argonauts tried to hold the Argo steady, a giant made of bronze attacked them. He hurled huge boulders at the ship. Then he waded into the deep water to destroy the Argo with his bronze hands. But he sank, and he drowned, because he was made of bronze. The danger was over, and the Argo headed north for home. Jason returned triumphantly to Iolkos with the Golden Fleece. He had met King Peleus' challenge. Jason's father, Aeson, could now regain the throne. But while Jason had been away, King Peleus had made life so unbearable for Aeson that Aeson had killed himself. Jason's mother, Peramid, had died of grief soon after. Torn by sorrow, Jason turned to Medea for help. I shall trick Peleus into drinking a magic potion, she promised. And when he is asleep, I shall persuade his daughters to murder him. I shall tell them that if they kill him, he'll come back to life as a young man. Medea's plan worked, and Peleus was murdered by his daughters. Afterwards, they were furious that they had been tricked. Jason and Medea fled to Corinth where they married and had two sons. They were happy for a while. But then Jason fell in love with Glauce, daughter of King Creon of Corinth. More than anything, he wanted to marry her. So he had Medea banished from the city. Jason blamed his change of heart on Aphrodite, goddess of love. You and Aphrodite used magic to make me fall in love with you, he told Medea. But now I love Glauce. If it were not for my help protested Medea. You would not have been able to seize the Golden Fleece. Maddened by Jason's betrayal, Medea prepared a dazzling cloak for Jason's bride. When Glauce put it on, her flesh began to burn. She died in agony. Next, Medea murdered her own children, fearing that if they lived, Jason would torment and banish them too. Jason angrily set out to slay Medea. She escaped in a chariot drawn by winged dragons. Jason was left with no family or friends. For the rest of his life, he wandered all over Greece, alone and homeless. The end. Well, there you have it. Jason and the Golden Fleece. Kind of a little bit of a twist ending there, uh, if you will. I'm not sure if it was the twist that we were looking for. Perhaps a little bit uh, dark, but the whole story is is heroic and magnificent. And it kind of shows you, in my opinion, what I find interesting about this is that the Greek legends and the Greek myths, they're just as heroic and triumphant as perhaps our Marvel movies or our Disney films or our modern day legends and tales. But they also have the uh, reality involved in them, that things don't always work out so well after that moment of triumph or after that moment of heroism. And it's sort of like a cautionary tale in a way that everything can be going really well, but then all of a sudden, love like that snaps into darkness and everything ends in horrible tragedy. And the Greeks and the Romans, for that matter, they were sort of upfront about this. Sort of a cynical way to live. But nonetheless, the story, the story, the story is just magnificent the way that Jason bravely sets out to redeem this golden fleece 
this golden talisman. I mean, this is something that's repeated throughout history in the Christian tradition and the Judeo-Christian tradition, hunting for the Holy Grail. If you look at even comedies like Monty Python and the Holy Grail, this adventure story. And here we have the prototype of it going out and hunting for something magnificent, something marvelous. Whoever's in the chat, if you're in YouTube, if you're in Facebook, uh, feel free to pop some comments in there. Join the conversation, www.budapest.fm slash Willie. We are going to go on to some Ernest Hemingway in just a moment. If anyone has any questions, any comments, I see Mate Egeshegedra uh, to you as well. Egeshegedra Mendekinek. Maybe we'll do a, uh, oh, excuse me, a Hungarian poem in between here. As it is the end of September, we can read uh, Petufi Sándor, September Vegen, which means the end of September, September 30th, September Vegen. And here we are. Még nyilnak a völgyben a kerti virágok, Még züldel a nyárfa az ablak előtt, Te látod amotán a téli világot. Már ho takara el a betzi tetőt, Még ifjú szívemben a leng sugarú nyár, S még bene virit az egész kikelet, Te ime sütét hájam üszbe vegyül már, Atel dere már megüte fejemet. Elhül a virág, elíramlik az élet, Ül hitvesem, ül az ülembe ide, Ki most fejedet, kebelemre teved le, Honnap nem omosze, sírom fülebe. O mond, ha előbb halok, el tetem imre. Könnyezve, borítáze, szemfüdelet, s rábrát, e majdán egy ifjú szeremme, hogy elhagyod érte az én nevemet. Ha eldobod egykor az üzvegyi fátyot, Fefamra sütét lobogól akaszt, Én feljövök érte a síli világból, Az é küzépen, s oda leviszem azt, Letörlene vele könnyűimet érted, Ki könnyeden elfeledett hívedet, S é szív sebeit bekültözni ki téged, még akkor is ott is örökre szeret. Szeptember végén. Petőfi Sándor. Hárlájtő. I think I need to improve the rhythm a little bit more, right? It's a hard one. It's a very difficult one. I'm going to try to go through one more time. Szeptember végén. Oh, hello everyone on Instagram. How's it going? Még nyilnak a vügyben a kerti virágok. Még züldel a nyarfa az ablak előtt, Te látod amotán a téli világot, 
mar ho takara el abetsi tetut, meg ifju sivenben a lang sugaru nyar, smeg bene virit az eges kikelet, de ime sütet hajam üsbe vegyul már, atel dere már megüte fejemet, elhül a virág, eliramlik hazelet, Ő hitvesem ül az ülembe ide, ki most fejedet kebellermre tevéd le, honnap nem omoze, síröm fülebe, o mond, ha előbb halok el, te temmemre, könnyezve borítás e szemfüldelet, s rabirát e majdán egy ifjú szeremre, hogy elhagyjor érte az én nevemet. Ha eldobod egykor az őzvegyi fatyot, Féfámra sütét lobogó lakást, Én feljövök érte a síri világból, Az éj középen oda leviszem ázt, Letörleni vele könnyűemet érted, Ki könnyeden elfeledéd hívedet, s e szív sebeit bekötözni ki teged, még akkor is, ott is, örökre szeret. September végén. The end of September. Petőfi Sándor. So, I'm going to read that once now in English. Try to make sense of it. We got this dual book translation here called The Lost Rider, a bilingual anthology. And this is the uh, translation by George Sirtes. Sziasztok! A zene egy kicsivel lehetni halkab a hangodnál. Alexa, could you help us translate that? Ah, okay. She says that the music could be a little bit less loud. Um, Okay, Petufi Shandor, end of September. This is the uh, English translation. Below in the valley, the flowers are resplendent. Outside by the window, the poplars still glow. But see where the winter, already ascendant, has covered the far distant hilltops with snow. My heart is still bathed in the fierce sun of passion. All spring is in bloom there, by spring breezes tossed. But look how my hair turns hoary and ashen, its raven black touched by the premature frost. The petals are falling, and life is declining. Come sit in my lap, my beloved, my own. You with your head in my bosom repining. Tomorrow, perhaps, will you mourn me alone. Tell me the truth. Should I die, will your sorrow extend to the day when new lovers prepare? Your hearts for forsaking, insisting you borrow their name and abandon the one we now share. If once you should cast off the black veil of mourning, let it stream like a flag from the cross where I lie, and I will arise from the place of sojourning to claim it and take it where life is put by. Employing it there to dry traces of weeping for a lover who could so lightly forget and blind and bind up the wounds and the hearts in your keeping, which loved you before and will worship you yet. Wow. So I, I believe that Petufi Shandor is sort of comparing here um, the seasons changing and the end of the fall coming and into winter to love after death. 
and whether this idea of love continues on into the afterlife or something of that nature. Does anyone else have some help that they could provide me? Maybe if you're on the stream, uh, could you provide me with some sort of commentary on what you think the uh, poem is, is meaning? Does any Hungarians have any help there? Just put it in the chat if you have any uh, questions or if you have any commentary, any, any thoughts about this poem. Seva, says John Smith. Kovac Janos, nem? This was super. Ah, köszönöm szépen, Chuhi. Köszönöm szépen. Azt hiszem, nagyon jó vers nekem, mert most, lehem, most nem lehet hallani a zenét. Mo- now he can't hear the music. So some, you know, we got the music going, we got the music falling, but the, the music, the real music here is the music of Petufi Shandor. And he's such a profound poet. I've always found... For me, nekem, a történet Petufi Sándor történet nagyon-nagyon érdekes, mert nagyon bátor, nagyon vitéz katona, és nagyon-nagyon okos, talán legokosabb magyar kultúr. És nagyon-nagyon fiatal, amikor ő meghalt, mert ő nem csak kültő, de is katona. És 1848 1849, persze a hóború, a szabadságharc Ausztriának, és Petőfi Sándor szomorú, de meghalt. De csak azt hiszem, nem tudom, de 27, 28, talán 26, és már leghíresebb magyar kultú. És nagyon-nagyon jó, nagyon érdekes, nagyon bátor, nagyon vitéz. És azt hiszem, olvasok egymás szeptember végén magyarul. És utána kellek, írnak nekem. Jó, például mit, mit, mit kötő ki szeretnél hallani jövő? Petufi Sándor utána, talán Ariendre, talán, nem tudom, Balási Bálant, Balási Bálant, nem tudom. Írnak nekem. Petufi Sándor, utolsó, utolsó idő, szeptember végén. Megnyílnak a völgyben a kerti virágok, meg züldel a nyárfa az ablak előtt, de látod amotán a téli világot. Már hó takara, el a berci tetőt, még ifjú szívemben a láng sugarú nyár, s megbene virít az egész kikelet, de íme sütét, hájam üszbe vegyül már, a terdere már megüte fejemet, elhűl a virág, eliramlik az élet, ül, hitvesem, ül az ülönbe ide, ki most fejedet, kebelemre teved le. Holnap nem omosz-e, sírom fülebe, o mond, ha előbb hallok el te timemre. Künyezve borítasz-e, szemfüldelet, s rábírhat-e, majdán egy ifjú szerme, hogy elhagyod érte az én nevemet, ha eldobod egykor az üzvegyi fatyot. Féfamra, sütét lobogóul a kaszt, én feljövök érte a síri világból, az éj küzepén, 
Oda lebisemast, letur leni bele, künjüimet erted, ki künjeden elfeleded hívedet, s iszív sebe itt bekütüzni, ki deged, még akkor is ott is örökre szeret. Ezer nyocas negyven hét. So this was right before the War of Independence and right before Petufi Shandor died. And it's kind of a, I don't know, Najan Erikesh to think that he was sort of, in a way, predicting his own death here, as many great poets do. So, Egeshegedra, Petufi Shandor, Egeshegedra, Mindin Kinek. And uh, here's to heading into the winter with some positivity and some hope. Let's see, we have a few comments coming in. Quiet raving. Hello. Yo alive, kusi. Oh, thank you. Kusinam seipen. Tip, leg kuzelebre, verurish, shandor, pilinski janosh, Jozef Attila. Okay, we could do some of that. We could do some of that for sure. I was going to read some uh, Ernest Hemingway, but if people want to hear some more Hungarian poetry, it seems like we got a room full of uh, Hungarian poetry fanatics. Maybe we can just go do some more of that. I love poetry. I'm learning. And again, guys, if you're in the chat room, keep the comments coming, questions, recommendations, whichever poets you would like to hear. But also, just remember that you can join in the video. Budapest.fm slash Willie. Ray is going to keep putting the link right there. Join the conversation right below me. And feel free. Click it. Come in. And we can chat face to face. Could be fun. Could be lots of fun, actually. I hope that you do. Thank you for all your comments. Thank you for your participation. Egeshegedra, Judith, to you too. Ariendre Sabolurens tot arpad ish yuhet. All right, let's see who we have in here. In this book, we have a few different poets. We've got Balashi Balint, Zrini Miklos, Faludi Ferenc, Bacchani Janos, Vazakesh Mihai, Chokonai Vites Mihai, Bergeni Daniel, Kulce Ferenc, Ahimnius, Vurush Marti Mihai, Aranyanos Petvishandor, it's a who's who of Magyar Kultu, Kish Jozef, Revitsky Yula, Adi Andre. Okay, someone said Adi Andre, so he was the first one that I've seen here. Did someone say Tothar I believe we had one. Tothar Pad, Judith. All right, Judith, because you asked for it, we will read some Tothar This is the magic of the chat room, people. If you keep these recommendations coming, we can just do whatever you want. It's magic. Totarpad. He lived from Ezer Nyotsas Nyotsvan Hat Tor Ezer Kilensas Husen Ik. Wow, what a life. Pretty short. Just 42 years. You're very welcome. Thank you, says Judith. You are very welcome. Sivashen. So we have three choices. We have Kuruti Hainal. We have Eshti Sugar Kosoru, or we have Lelektul Lelekik. And Kuruti Hainal, Eshti Sugar Kosoru, Lelektul Lelekik. What do you guys say? What do you want to hear? Which one? Uh, let's see. 240, 242, 244. While I'm looking for that, please feel free to send your recommendations into the comment section. We've got three great choices. I don't know what any of those words mean. Oh, Dawn on the Ring Road, Evening Radiance from Soul to Soul. 
they all sound fairly sentimental. A lot of recommendations coming in. Faludi, Aprili Laos. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for participating. I love to see this. Okay, let's see. Eshti Shugar Kosoru. Evening Radiance. It sounds quite uh, melodic. All right, let's give this one a spin. Egeshegedra. All three are great, but Eshti Shugar Kosoru is the best. Ha! It's like I read your mind, or I just got lucky. 30% chance. Here we go. Totarpad. Eshti Shugar Kosoru. Elutunk mar hamvasha vatazut eshanyak teste zuhant atta parkon de meg finom hark sugar kosorut fontayad shutet lombiaba az alkon halban selid ech komoy ragyogast me mar alig vot fenyek füldimasha shfelik Ilata Schende Surteat Adogok Eshti Lelek Vandolasha Ilata Schende Titkok Ilata Fenlet Hayadvan Speke Egi Chendje Eshiovot Emni Minta Hoj Shoha Shafent Semem Beita Asivembe Nem Tutam Tube Hoj te vaje te vaj adot chipke bokor draga tester me benej isten sarta fudrele shlombiabol felem az ülelke resket igezbe altam shoka chundeshen es pertsek mentek ez reddevek jutek ed serechak megfogtara kezem sh alert pilaim lashan Velvetutek, es erestem, sivembe visater, es zuhogo me zenevel eredmek, mint zsibat erek utjain aver, afudi erzes, mennyire szeretlek. Ezer kilencsas húszan halom. Esti sugar kosoru, totarpad. Very interesting. Nagyon érdekes. Köszönöm szépen, Judith. Az ein kedvenc versem, Petufi Sándor, szeretlek kedvesem. Okay, Chuhi, Najonyo, Najonyo. Evening radius. Let, let's see what this is in English. Let's see what this is in English. The road before us turns a deep rose color, and shadows are strewn like bodies in the park. But dusk still wears a delicate, bright pallor in the branches of your hair against the dark. A fair and gentle, serious brilliance, one not to be confused with earthly light. Thin to something between scent and silence By souls of things that wander in the night To scent and silence Your hair glimmered and wore The scent of secrets A holy peace and quiet And life was sweeter than ever before My eyes drank in the light and fed my heart I could not tell if you were you Or if your body were a bush of briars now Invaded by some god whose soul would huff And puff at me from every branch and bough for some time I stood silently and spellbound. The minutes passed, millennia went by. Then suddenly you took hold of my hand. My heavy eyelids slowly rose, and I, 
experienced within my heart again a wellspring of deep music flooding through as blood fills the numbed courses of the veins a stirring in the clay my love of you wow quite deep i mean the uh the the, the hungarian version seems to be a little bit more i don't know deep 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 but this english translation is really a quite tremendous love ballad a love ode if anyone else has another uh, poet that they would like me to read, we just had Tot Arpad, Judith, Judith, excuse me, recommended it. It was a great choice. Kusunum Seipan, Tenleg. Najon Seip Vers, Kusunyuk. Nekedish, Kusunyuk. Nekedish, Kusunyuk. Vaj, Nekedish, Kusunum. Hesh, Nemtedom, Nemtedom. Mit, Yivu. Atile Yosef Talan. Mit mitkers, mitkertek, mitkertek. What do you want next? Your wish is my command. Again, the link down below. Join the conversation. Click on that link and we can chat video wise. Judith, Mate, Chuhi, Quiet Raving. Any of the people that are in the stream, feel free to pop in and join. I think now maybe we'll go to a one minute short story by a Hungarian writer. His name is uh, Urkain Istvan. And Alexa actually got me this book as a gift. Thank you very much. And he's got some excellent little Ruvid Turtenet. Angolul Ligazabo. Angolul. But we shall read one of those as a nice little break between. Okay, let's see. What do we got here? Triplets in Obuda. <laughs> Sounds like an adventure I had once. Newspapers. The eyes of the world are focused on the obstetrics ward of the Obuda hospital, where, without any previous training, a cleaning woman from a factory brought triplets into the world. What's more, the triplets are joined at the shoulder this beat the world record set in the 19th century when a woman gave birth to a pair of Siamese twins because there were just two of them, whereas to the eternal glory of all Hungarian mothers, the Obuda triplets are three. People have veritably laid siege to the hospital, heaping flowers, presents, and good wishes on the mother, who, along with her newborn babies, is in the best of health. Television when it learned about the birth of the Obuda triplets, Hungarian television promptly cut short its scheduled programming, announced the news for the benefit of the viewers, then broadcast pictures of the Obuda water tower, Vistoroin, as well as the sewage di disposal facility, whose construction is proceeding according to plan. The announcer cautioned all citizens against an excessive show of emotion and asked that the populace remain calm. Statements. I hereby wish to express my gratitude to all those who wished me luck or were kind enough to bring me presents on the occasion of the birth of my three sons who came into the world united by the shoulder. Mrs. Lajosh Thierbes. Medical opinion. The birth of the so-called Obuda triplets, the Obuda triplets, gave rise to much hearsay. There already have been rumors of four, even five babies. 
In view of such nationalistic propaganda, we at the obstetrics—that's a terribly difficult word—obstetrics board feel it our civic duty to say it like it is. Undoubtedly, three babies joined at the shoulder have recently come into the world, but this is not such a big deal. It could just as easily have happened in the Soviet Union or some other socialist country. They should be thought of like someone holding three knaves in his hand at cards, except the knaves are joined. We further wish to state that here, at the obstetrics ward, we did not encourage the mother to perform such an extravagant feat, and in the future we will continue to deliver completely normal single babies only. Government Bulletin Inside sources have borne out that the news about the O Buddha triplets have been maliciously exaggerated. The government has set up a special committee, which has discovered that the O Buddha triplets consist of just one normal male child, joined at the soldier by half of another normal male child. Since there is nothing extraordinary in this, the government plans to implement no changes, no changes, I repeat, no changes, in its present policies. It will continue construction of the Budapest Vienna Speedway and will go on expressing its solidarity with our allies. Invitation The National Women's Association invited Mrs. Laios Fierbes for a friendly chat, hoping to clarify how many baby boys she actually delivered in Obuda. The pleasant afternoon tea stretched into the evening hours because, with understandable motherly pride, Mrs. Fierbes would not admit, except after much persuasion, that she'd been suffering from double vision all her life. But after a time, no one laughed as hard as she when she learned that not only did she see her children double, but even the Gellert Hill. What's more, she had been laboring under the impression that there were two women's associations in Hungary not to mention two political parties. Letter to the editor. I am a mother of one and a half children. Why do I have to buy two tram tickets, then? And why do I have to buy two sets of high school textbooks, when I don't have two, just one and a half sons? Also, why don't they make half-cherry kisses for my half-son, who loves them to distraction? Ruling. We are sorry to inform you that your college application has been rejected because your previous studies and college entrance examination scores. In short, your exceptional scholastic abilities may make the average students feel inferior, seeing how they've just got one brain apiece. Police announcement. A 20-year-old man who left his Obudu apartment in a highly dejected state of mind hasn't been seen since. Personal description. One blue eye, one set of 16 teeth, a regular semicircular face, special distinguishing marks. His other half is missing. Classified advertisement. Having lost two brothers, a deeply disillusioned young man of unexceptional appearance and unexceptional mental abilities seeks the acquaintance of a young lady who will reciprocate his unexceptional feeling with unexceptional feeling of her own. Respond to. Inconspicuous. 1969. The year that man went to the moon. So that story, you can even call it a story. It's sort of like a, I don't know, 10 or 11 different views chronologically of what happens after these triplets are born in Obuda. And this sort of initially miraculous situation turns into an absolute farce. And, oh, Herno, what's going on? Hi, how are you today? I'm very, very well. 
I'm here, I'm reading, I'm with Ray, I'm with Alexa, I'm drinking some wine, I'm learning about the absurdity of the communist era in Hungary, where the birth of three triplets turns into this like spectacle of thing that someone's interested in. And once it gains interest and once people are like, wow, this is amazing. Look, this lady had three triplets and they were born at the shoulders and connected. It's never happened before. It's like a freakish oddity. And now all of a sudden the, the, the government is trying to figure out a way that they can make it seem unexceptional. So the loops and the hoops that they have to jump through to figure out how to define and classify these triplets as being something out of the ordinary is just uh, ridiculous. And they have to like say that it's only one and a half kids and that they, there was nothing that happened that was out of the ordinary, even though it's like a complete freak occurrence. And like, obviously to everyone, it's like something miraculous, but they have to sort of define this and say, listen, the triplets, it's just one child, just one child, maybe one and a half children. And we're going to focus on our Vienna to Budapest superhighway instead. And this is written at a time, 1969, kind of before the communist system had really started to go on the downslope. Because once you get to the late 70s, early 80s, and especially the late 80s, people know the writings on the wall. The communism is going to fall globally. But at this point, they're still in this sort of bipolar Who's going to win, the West or the communists? And authors like Urken Istvan, they were kind of trying to point out through carefully selected prose and carefully selected anecdotes and show the people just how ridiculous the system was. So that was very illuminating for me. And uh, thank you, Herno, for, for your comment. I appreciate that. Look at the color of that ferment. It's quite... Uh, a deep yellow. Huh. Adikesh. Okay, everyone. What do we want next? Do we want more Hungarian poetry? More Hungarian poetry? If you want more Hungarian poetry, put it in the comments section. If you would like some Ernest Hemingway. Ernest Hemingway. I think that's his Hungarian name. Ernest Hemingway. Put that in the comments section as well. Tell me which poet you want. If you want some more Petufi Shandor, some Jozsef Attila. Or if you just want good old Ernest. And we probably have time for a few more stories here. Maybe about 20 minutes to go in the stream. Willie, what's the most interesting thing you've learned in the last couple of weeks? Either from history or literature. A very good question, Ryan Lane. Thank you for that one. The most interesting thing that I've learned... The leg erkesheb dolog tanot tam. Well, I've been very, very, very focused over the past week or so, academically at least, on this story about the Bochkai Feldkalesh. And the Bochkai Feldkalesh is the Bochkai uprising. And this occurs at a time at the end of the 16th century when the Ottoman Empire and the Habsburgs were in this conflict, this war against each other called the Long War or the 15 Years War, the Tizanuteveshobru, whatever you want to say. And this happens during a time when Hungary is being carved up like a Christmas turkey because you got these two massive powers, the Habsburgs and the Ottomans. And Hungary is sort of this 
used to be massive power, especially if you look like 100 years ago during the time of Machash Kirai, and even before that with Naj Laos and Hunyadi Janos, and you had this sort of like Naj Majorosag during the medieval era. But then you have the decline, you have the Doja Gyurj peasant rebellion going into the Battle of Mohach when the Ottoman Turks come in. And now as we go through the 16th century, Hungary has been chopped and changed and it's a three-part country. And you have Royal Hungary, which is under Habsburg control. You have Occupied Hungary, which is in the center. And that's where the Ottoman Turks are setting up shop. And then you have Erde and the Partium in the east in Transylvania. And that is like the nominally still Hungarian part of the country under Hungarian control. But it's really not actually under Hungarian control. It's sort of used as this like pawn brokerage system where the Habsburgs and the Ottomans are having this pivot, this pivot. And they're sort of fighting over control. And you have a situation where Zsigmond Batori, and he's the son of Batori Krzysztof, who's the younger brother of Batori Istvan. And Batori Istvan and Batori Krzysztof, they're pretty strong real leaders, excuse me, but Batori Zygmunt, he's not so strong. He is a purported homosexual. And one of the main pieces of evidence for this is that Maria Christina, who's supposed to be his Habsburg wife, they never consummate the marriage, they never have sex. And if you're a, you know, Central European king who's really relying on the ability to have an heir and have a son in order to continue your dynasty and you're not going to have sex with your wife, there's pretty much one of two reasons for that. Either you're impotent or you're gay. And, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. People say that Batori Zygmunt, he was probably gay. Not only that, but he's also just this very weak and ineffectual leader and he's running into the kingdom. He's running out of the kingdom. Anyway, if we want to get to what your question was, which is the most interesting thing that I learned. Well, I learned about this thing called the Veresh Varshang, Varshang Veresh, the bloody carnival, Varshang Veresh. And this occurs during the 15 years war because Bochgai Istvan, who's sort of the guardian of this indecisive, ineffectual, impotent leader named uh, Batori Zygmunt, he is sort of like, staying on the side of the Habsburgs, kind of, not really, doesn't really know, but then this thing happens called the Veresh Farshang, the bloody carnival, where the Seikais, and the Seikais were one of the three nations in Transylvania. You had the Saxon Germans, you had the Magyars, you had the Seikais, you even had the Wallachians, but the, the, the Seikais, they're this sort of group that is like the Erde, the Transylvanian Hungarians, and they come in to support uh, Batori Zygmunt and the Habsburg side, I believe. And then they just get slaughtered. And there's this thing called the Farsheng Veresh, the bloody carnival. And it's quite an interesting turning point in this war that leads, one of the things that leads the Bochgai Istvan and the Haiduk coming into their own as this like political movement and having the seeds of rebellion stirred. And then we have the Bochkai Felkalesh, which I hope to learn more about next week. But I learned about some other things also that don't have to do with Hungarian history. I just can't really remember what they are. Adi Andre Urizem Asemed. Is that the name of a poem? I don't know if I have that here. Let's see. Urizer Asemed? Urizer Asemed. Hi, is there some Yozhev Attila in the book? Would be great to hear it, says Zoltan Komor. There is Yozhev Attila. Let's see, we can do maybe one Adi, 
Andre, one Yoja Batilla, Zoltan Komor. Cool picture. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. If we have the Adi Andre poem that was requested. Adi Andre, where are you? Uh, we don't have that particular Adi Andre poem, but we do have Parishban Yartazus. I think that's something about Paris in the fall. That could be nice. Speaking of expats in the fall, here I am in the fall. Autumn appeared in Paris. Parishban Yartazus. Mintas pa Budapest Ben. Budapest Den. Yart. Azus. All right, here we go. Ariendre. Parishban. Yart. Azus. Autumn appeared in Paris. <laughs> What's up, Lee? Parishba Tegnap. Besukut Azus Sent Mihai Utian Shuhant Nestelen Kanikulaban Haklombo Galat Stalal Kozot Velem Balag Tamepen Asaina Fele Shaitek Lelkemben Kishruse Dalok Fushtushek Furchak Bushak Biborak Aro Horge Melhagolo Elertazus eshugot valamit, sent mihai utia belaremeget, zum zum rupkudtek vegigazuton, trefash falevelek, edgeperts anyar megshem hukut bele, sparishpol azus katsagva salat, itiart shhoj itiart entudom chupan. Nugu Lombok Alat Parishban Yartazus Ezer Kidensas Hat Paris in nineteen oh six. I wonder if Adi Andre knew Picasso, because I believe that's when Picasso was there also. He might have been in his weird blue period, not really sure. Anyone have any uh fun facts about Adi Andre? What was he doing over in Paris? He's a very like sort of dark, mysterious kind of sultry figure he has these big thick lips this sort of i don't know clairvoyant expression in his eyes like he knows something that we don't or perhaps he was just a giddy poet high on life and perhaps some other substances as well who really knows who really knows and what does that poem mean in english autumn appeared in paris yesterday Silent down St. Michael, its swift advance. In stifling heat, under unmoving branches, we met as if by chance. Ambling in the direction of the Seine, my soul was brent with tiny shreds of song. Dark things, oddments, squibs, laments, which whispered that death would not be long. Autumn caught up and mumbled in my ear. The entire boulevard trembled to the eaves. Tss, Along the street, as if half-jesting, flew bright-eyed civic leaves. A moment, summer hardly had drawn its breath, but autumn was on its cackling way, and now was gone, and I, the only living witness, 
under the creaking bow. Whew. It seems like fall and the coming of fall is a rather poetic theme for Hungarian poetry. The end of fall, the beginning of fall, the end of September, autumn in Paris. And I, I think for, for myself as well, it does have this sort of, I don't know, like more significant uh, introspection than perhaps the other seasons do. Fun fact, Hattie was born with six fingers on each hand. That's pretty cool. Adi Andre, born with six fingers on each hand. Thank you, Zoltan, for that wonderful, wonderful fact. Is the stream still going? Uh, Alexa, uh, could I have a unicum? Kerlek? Kusanam Sepen. So, we're going to get one unicum in here and then perhaps read a little bit of Yosha Attila. Maybe uh, two or three more poems. We're good? hear me all right cool all right oh we're still on on the other on the other camera all right cool 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 all right folks i don't know who's still here who's bounced out but we got a couple more poems left and uh yeah we'll see where that takes us i've got a bottle of unicum here unicum barista the new coffee unicum we were actually lucky enough to uh tour the factory today and uh It was delightful. So, unicum barista, the special glasses. Look at this. Look at this, like an Italian coffee glass made for unicum. I think if I have any more than one of these, well, I don't know what will happen. Ooh, that's a big pour. That's a healthy pour. What's that? Oh, yeah. Zwak uh, Shandor, the, the owner of unicum, actually gifted me this today. He gave me a tour of the facility. Someone asked me what was the most interesting thing that I learned this week. And I gave a fairly long-winded answer about 16th century uh, Hungarian history. But in actuality, it was the entire life story of the Unicum founder. Or not the Unicum founder, but the Unicum owner for many years, who was the current owner, Zwak Shandor, his father. And his father was named Peter, 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 Zwak uh, Peter. And he was like a guy that was born in 1927 and was born into basically like Hungarian royalty being the owner of Unicum and then had his entire family fortune taken away from him. And then he had to migrate to New York and he snuck the recipe out and then he went to Italy and was producing Unicum under the Italian protection basically because he was kicked out of Hungary and then 40 years later, gets invited back into Hungary at the end of the Hungarian communism, comes back, claims his company, becomes the Hungarian ambassador in Washington, becomes a Hungarian politician, has his apartment 
uh, Molotov cocktail bombed for going against some uh, shady figures and then build the company back up to, you know, Unicom, what it is today, which is a massively, massively important company in Hungary. And my favorite drink, Kedvencito. And that's probably more important than anything else. So Egeshegedra, we have the Unicom Barista, the coffee Unicom. Let's give it a little sniff. Ooh, Fino. Zoltan Komor, as we said. Fun fact, Adi was born with six fingers on each hand. Is that true? Is that true? Adi Andre was born with six fingers on each hand? That sounds like absolutely wild. <laughs> I mean, you don't really have a choice to become a poet. But to become a poet, if you're born with six fingers on each hand, I mean, it's just a poetic thing in and of itself. All right, Adi Andre. Az Ilesh. Let me see one thing here And then we will go on I think we have time now We're going to forget about Hemingway for Until next week We're going to read three more Hungarian poems See where we're going And then we'll uh, Say farewell until Thursday night Thank you again so much everyone for the participation Continue to share your recommendations Your questions Your comments, your concerns I'm just going to restart this live stream on uh, Instagram here. Wow, 215 people joined. That's pretty cool. And then we shall go into this final stage of the evening. Okay. Adiendre, unicum, six fingers on each hand. What else do you really need but that? Going live. As ilish. Az ilesh sekeren. Adiendre ezer kilensas nyots. Azur ilesh kent elvisi mint kiket nagyon süt esh szeret tüzes gyors szíveket ad nekik ezek a tüzes sekerek. Az ilesh nép ég fele rohan smegalot Hola teloruk, ahimalayak, yeg chuchain, porzik sekeruk es zuruk. Eg shfuld kuzut, bush hazat lanul, haitya uke da shorsele, gonos huvush sepshegek fele, sagu da zilesh sekere, sivuk izik. Agyuk yeg chapos, afud reayuk fukachshag, yeg utyukat sanva soria nebe, hideg gyemant porala nap, ezer kilensas nyots. Wow, 1908. On Elijah's chariot. All right, let's just read that quickly in English. The Lord, like Elijah, gathers up his darlings, those with harshest lots, those gifted with quick hearts of flame, become his fiery chariots. Elijah's nation rush to heaven and stop there in perpetual snow to ice-bound Himalayan peaks, their ragged, rattling chariots go. Bleak statelessness, nor earth nor heaven, by winds of fate they're tossed and hurled, Elijah's car makes for the cool and wicked beauties of the world. 
Their hearts burn bright, their brows are hung with icicles and how earth laughs. The sun, meanwhile, strews diamond dust like ice along their frozen path. So nice. Thank you, Adi. Thank God you were born with six fingers on each hand. Judith Cheke, what is your favorite Hungarian poem? Kedvenc Magyar Vers. Nem tudom igazából, mert tényleg imadom a Velsi Bardokot, és nem tudom, ha a legjobb vers, de tényleg, tényleg imadom a történetet, mert Arán János nagyon-nagyon szép kultúr, és nagyon érdekes ember, és igazából a Velsi Bardok Uh, nem tudom, csak tényleg, uh, tényleg jó történet. I just got a palinka. Cheers! Jozef Sat Mari Egeshegedra. I had some palinka, not earlier today, but yesterday myself. Some Hazi palinka, some Turkuy Hazi palinka, some Chakvar Turkuy Hazi palinka. Judith, what is your favorite uh, Hungarian poem? If people could all in the comment section, whoever is watching out there in this wide, wide world, please list your favorite Hungarian poems. And if you want to come join me on video, we can do a little video cheers to the Palenka man. Just press that link or go to that link, budapest.fm slash Willie, join in. And oh, BlazeBP sent a request to be in your live video on Instagram. Blaze, if you're watching on Instagram, go to... Quiet Raving says, what is your favorite work by Hemingway? My favorite work by Hemingway is The Sun Also Rises, which I was going to read a chapter of tonight. I don't know if we still have time. Maybe we could uh, read a little bit. Ray, how are we doing on time? Ten minutes? All right, all right. Maybe next week we'll do The Hemingway, but The Sun Also Rises is my, uh, is my favorite Hemingway book. Mostly because it was like really the first Hemingway that I read and the first Hemingway that I really appreciated. But I think Hemingway is the type of author where you sort of like different things at different moments in your life. And The Sun Also Rises when I read it. I was a you know mid-20s American living in Europe and loving to go to drink and go to parties and all this stuff. And that's sort of what The Sun Also Rises is all about. You know, Hemingway, he's going with all these friends to the festival of San Fermin and Pamplona and just sort of living this post-war nihilistic lifestyle. I mean, the roaring 20s back then, everyone's like, oh, after the coronavirus, the life is going to be, everyone's going to be partying. But think about the 1920s. I mean, they didn't just have plague with uh, the Spanish flu, but they also had the World War, which traumatized the hell out of people. Another great Hemingway book of Farewell to Arms takes place in World War I, which Hemingway, he was actually a hospital driver, an ambulance driver in World War I. And uh, yeah, that's a great book. You've got uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls, which takes place during the Spanish Civil War. Excellent. Old Man in the Sea. Really Hemingway's masterpiece in many ways. Um, not my favorite because I, it's just not as like, you know, big of a story. The, the Old Man in the Sea is sort of a short story. It's an extent, it's like a novella, but it's, it's amazing about an old fisherman down in Cuba just going day after day after drought, no fish, and he finally catches the big one, chases it. Amazing book. Because Hemingway, that's sort of what he was. In. I mean, Hemingway, what a comeback story. He went like a 13-year drought with no... My favorite is Costalani Deju, Halo de Besed. Walashi Bardak is also great. Aranyanos is one of the best for sure. Thank you very much, Judith. 
Let's see if we have any uh, Costoloni Deshu. That's a poet I'm not quite familiar with. I think he's in this book, though. I think we'll do two more poems, and then we'll call it a night. This has been truly delightful. I love how much everyone's interacting with me on the stream. Uh, you guys are the best. Really, really appreciate it. Makes it all worthwhile to see the comments flying in like they are. Costolani Deju. Ezer Nyotsas Nyotsvan Ut Tol. Ezer Kielensas Harmens Hat Ig. So he died when he was 69? 69. 69. 59. 69. 59. 69. Okay, we don't have the poem that you requested, Judith, but we do have either. Homlokom Lashan Leados, my brow gradually sinks, or Maganyosh Esakai Chavargash, a solitary night ramble. Let's do a solitary night ramble. I've taken quite a few of those in my own time. Page 202. This is our penultimate poem. Our penultimate. Penultimate is the, the one before the last one. I know in Hungarian the last is Utosho. What is the one before the last in Hungarian? If anyone could put that in the comment section, I would greatly appreciate. Mitjelent, one before last. And now we shall go. Wait, that's Seip Ernu. That's not Kostelani Deju. Oh, wow. What did. Okay. So maybe we'll do Haloti Besed. We do have Haloti Besed. So let's do the Seip Ernu, Maganyosh Esekai Chavargash. What the? That is a long poem. All right. <laughs> Instead, we'll do the one that you did recommended. Kostalang Deju Haloti Besed. I'm sorry, Anu, but you got to keep it a little bit shorter. Okay. Haloti Besed. Funeral oration. Interesting favorite, Judith. Interesting favorite. Utusho Eluti. Kosanam Sepen. Here we go. Kostelani Deju, Haloti Besed, Funeral Oration. Latia tok feleim, egsere meghalt, es it hagyot minket magunkra, megcsalt, ismertük üt, nem volt nás és kivaló. Chaksiv, ami sivunkos kuzelalo, deninchmar, akara fud, yai usedut akinstar, okuliatok mindanyayan, e peldan, ien azember, egyedüli peldan, nemet bellile tüp és most semel. Schmint fan, she nu edge forma kate level. A naji dun se les hosa hashonlo. Nezetek a fut. Nezetek e fut. Es es useumlo. Kedves semet. Nezetek it a case. Me a kimont hatatlan. Kud beves. Kyve meredve, mind edge erekle, erekje, shra, ekirashal, van kartsolva ritka, 
egyetlen életének üssi titka. Akárki is volt ő, de fén, de hő volt. Mindenki tudta és hirdete, ő volt. Ahogy szerete, ezt vágy az, az, az ételt. Szót ajka, melyet mostan lepecsételt. A csönd, s ahogy zenget, fülünk be hangja, mint vízbe süllyet templomok harangja, a mélybe len, s ahogy az mondta nemrég, édes fiacskám, egy kis sajtod ennek, vagy borti volt, és boldogan mereta, kezében ő égű, ölcsó cigaretta, füstjere és fütött, telefonat, és szütte, Almát, mint színes vonat, ahomlokan feltündükölt a jegy, hogy milliók küzd az egyetellen négy. Keresed őt, nem leled hiába, se itt, se fükföldön, se Ázsiába, a mutba sem, és a gazdag jövőben, jövőben, Akárki megszülethet már, csak ő nem, többe soha, nem gyűl ki halván, furcsa mosolya, szegény a forgandó tünder szerencse, hogy egy csodat üljölag megteremtse. Édes barátaim, olyan az éppen, mint az az ember ottan a mesében, az élet egyszer csak Ürája gondot, mi megmesélni kezdtünk róla, hol volt? Majd rázuhant a mázsás, szűnjű menbot, s mi ezt meséljük róla szírva, nem volt. Úgy fekszik ő, ki küzdve tört a jobbra, mint ön magának dermet némás szobra, nem kelti fur se kün, se szó. Se vegszer, hol volt, hol nem volt a világon egyszer. Hó, 1928-tól 1935-ig. So you wrote that over a period of seven years. Wild. Okay. Insta, Blaze, BP. Oh, Balaj, you're the one that wanted to join the live video, right? Uh, Blaze, BP. If you want to join the live video... Ray is going to put the, uh, the link up right now. Budapest.fm slash Willie Blaze BP. If you want to chat live video, click that link and press join the conversation, the red button. It would be amazing to have you come in and join me here. We could do a little bit of Egeshega draw, a little bit of cheers. So Insta Blaze BP, if you're still on the line, please, by all means, come join. And while we're waiting for Blaze BP to hopefully make his appearance, um, we're going to pick out one last poem. Maybe we'll end with a little bit of a Yosef Attila. Hello, everyone on Instagram as well. What's up? If you want to join the real stream, not the real stream, but the more high def stream, uh, we got it going on Facebook, YouTube, Blaze BP. We're waiting for you. Budapest.fm slash Willie. And let's do... One more poem and see if Blaze BP is going to come in. Ho, Yosef Attila, behold, I have found my land. 
ime hat megletem hazamat. Here we go. Egeshegedra. Ime hat megletem hazamat. Ime hat megletem hazamat. A füldet, a hol nevemet, hibat lanul irjak füllebem, ha eltemet ki eltemet. E füld befogad, mint a perse, mert nem kell, mi sajnáltalatos, a háborúból visszamaradt, hús filéres, a vashatos, sem a vasgyűrű, mélybe vesve. A szép szó áll, hogy új világ, jog, füld, törvenyünk háborús még, szebek az arán karikák. Egyedül voltam én sokáig, majd eljutek hozzám sokan. Magad vagy, mondtak, bár velük voltam, volna én boldogan. Így éltem, s voltam én hiába. Megállapíthatom magam. Bolondot játszótok velem, s már hallolom. Is hasztalan, mióta éltem, forgószerben próbáltam állni helyemen. Nás nevetség, hogy nem vétetem. Többet, mint vétetek nekem. Szép a tavasz és szép a nyár is, de szebb az ősz, legszebb a tél. Anak ki tűzhelyet családot, már végkep másoknak remél. Wow. Behold, I have found my land. Behold, I have found my land, the country where my name's cut without a fault by him who is to bury me. If he was bred to dig my vaults, earth gapes I drop into the tin, since the iron halfpenny which at a time of war came in has outlived its utility. Nor is the iron ring legal tender, new world land rights, I read each letter, our law is wars the thriftless spender, and gold coins keep their value better. Long I had lived with my own heart, then others came with many a fuss. They said, you kept yourself apart, we wish you could have been with us. So did I live in vanity. I now draw my conclusion thus, they did but make a fool of me, and even my dead is fatuous. I have tried all my life to keep my footing in a whirlwind fast. The thought is ludicrously cheap, that others' harm matched mine at last. The spring is good and summer too, but autumn better and winter best for him who finds his last hopes through family hearths he knew as guest. Okay, folks, I think that's all we have time for tonight. Naja, 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 and Kosanom. Everyone that joined in Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. I don't know, by my amateur calculations, I think we had almost 400, 500 people pop through the uh, interwebs, the cyberkinetic sphere. We went through Jason and the Golden Fleece, got traumatized by the end of a heroic tale, 
went over to some one-minute stories by Istvan Urkain, the sort of absurdist, satirical, communist-era Hungarian writer. Popped in with some Jozef Attila, some Ari Andre, the six-fingered man, a few other Hungarian poets, Kostalan Deju, funeral oration, things of that nature. Volt nemi technikai problemam. Blaze BP says sorry, he could not join. I'm sorry too, it would have been great to see you, Blaze BP. Uh, if you want to try one more time, we have maybe two minutes left in this stream. And if not, just come back next week. But really, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you to Unicum for supplying these lovely drinks. The Cave Barista Unicum. Mwah. Mwah. Don't know if there's any caffeine in it, but it feels like it just kicks you up a jolt. Anyway, yo estate, yo esekath, yo regelt, depending where you are in the world. Shabbat shalom. Sepetigit. Have a great weekend. And again, kusunum sepen. I appreciate you all from the bottom of my heart for joining in. And we'll see you next week, same time, same place. Thursday night story time. Chitatuk. Asaka Tutnetidu. And we'll be back with more. See you later.